Blessed New Year. What a joy it is that we can come uh, to worship God. First day of Chinese New Year before we go out and pioneer. You know, when we read scripture, especially Old Testament, we need to be familiar with this word called progressive revelation, which means God reveals himself progressively. Hence, when we look at the Old Testament, um, as Christians, we look back at those stories through the lenses of the cross, the death and resurrection of Jesus. What difference does it make to these stories? How do we understand them? And so throughout these four months, we're looking at this series called The Greatest Love Story Ever Told From Creation to Christ. And so uh, in January, we look at the events of creation. And then uh, February will be the family. Because God promised that He's going to redeem uh, His creation through the seed of the woman. And this seed of woman will come from the family of Abraham. And then from the family of Abraham, how does it become a people and a land? That's what we cover in uh, March. And then finally, we know this seed of the woman will be a king. Uh, the king and the prophets, that will be in April. And eventually how it leads to Christ. And so we hope through this series, in fact, last week, if you're here in Journey Onward, you know, we took our own pictures and our, our stories, how we became Christians, and we stick it behind on the timeline, right? And so I think we have moved it out there. If you have time, go read it. And the idea is throughout history, not just the Bible, human history, our history, God is weaving our stories into His. And so if God is only doing one thing through history, the question we need to ask is, what am I doing with my life? So today we will look at the third creation event we call, uh, on Cain and Abel. Let us pray. Lord, we just commit this time to you. I pray for the Holy Spirit to speak to us that we see Christ, you are indeed the central figure of all history and you be lifted up and God, you be glorified. We pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, Michelle Agrilla, um, her mother said this over the phone to her. I am going to leave your father. And she was stunned. She said, I didn't know my parents had problems. I've never seen them quarreling, at least not in front of me. And why is it that she couldn't tell me in person? So she said to her mother, can't you and dad work through the issues? And what about my younger sister? She's still living with you. Don't you care about her? What's more, don't you care about me? That day, no matter how her mother tried to explain, you know, Michelle just would not listen. Later, she would say, she felt confused. When her mother left her father, she felt like her mother also abandoned her. And so she tried not to think about this by being busy with work and studies. But the pain and loneliness crept in. She realized that she's unable to forgive her mother. And so she turned to food. Food brought her comfort. When she felt bad, she ate. But the more she ate, the worse she felt and to make herself feel better, she ate more and it became a vicious cycle. And eventually her weight ballooned to 120 kg. Six years later, her mother tried to seek reconciliation. She was unhappy, but she agreed to go along with her mom. And they took part in this competition called the Greatest Loser Competition. Basically, it's a reality show in America. The one who loses the most weight, you will win 250,000 US dollars. Now, that season was a family edition, which means that you can bring a family member along. 
And so Michelle said, when we arrived at the Biggest Loser Ranch, I looked around and everyone had someone from their family who they, who they had deep connection to. There was laughter and smiles, but when I looked at my mother, the smile drained from my face. She was the source of my pain. She was the source of my weight gain. You know, friends, do we have broken relationships in life? You know, it could be a spouse. Every couple that stands at the altar plans to live happily ever after. But more than 50% of marriages end in divorce. She no longer understands me. He no longer meets my needs. And there's a resentment. It could be from our family of origin, you know, our parents, our siblings. Maybe your mother always favor your brother. Or your dad is violent and, you know, causes you to be insecure. There are hurts and pains and resentment that builds up over time. Or it could be a friend or a colleague. And the question we ask is, you know, why is there brokenness in human relationships? That is what we would like to think about today especially from Genesis 4, the story of Cain and Abel, to see the problem of the brokenness between human relationships and secondly, the solution. The problem and the solution. Let's turn our Bibles to Genesis 4. In the first creation account, we learn that God reveals Himself through creation. He is a God that redeems chaos. He brings order out of chaos and gives lives to emptiness. God intends to redeem the chaos in our lives, to give us meaning in our emptiness. But then Adam and Eve fell into sin. And so God promised the seed of the woman, the Savior who would come to save them. In fact, God provided Adam and Eve animal skin to cover their nakedness and shame. They tried to cover it themselves, but Scripture tells us that it is impossible. Only God can do that. And by giving us an animal skin, it entails the sacrifice of an animal. There is blood. For without blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. Today, we'll see that a sacrifice offered to God requires faith. So let's look at the story. The problem, sin causes brokenness in human relationships. Now the man had relations with his wife Eve, and she conceived and gave birth to Cain. And she said, I've gotten a man-child with the help of the Lord. Again, she gave birth to his brother Abel. And Abel was a keeper of flocks, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So it came about in the course of time, Cain brought an offering to the Lord of the fruit of the ground. Abel on his part also brought of the firstling of his flock and of their fat portions. The Lord had regard for Abel and for his offering, but for Cain and for his offering, he had no regard. So Cain became very angry and his countenance fell. Now why is it that God uh, accepted Abel's offering and not Cain's? We always say, is it because God is not a vegetarian, that's why he didn't want Cain's offering? No, of course not, right? The word offering, minka, is a gift, a tribute, a dedication. They offer it out of free will. We look at Leviticus and we know um, that there are five types of offerings. The grain offering and peace offering, they are voluntary. We give because we are thankful. We give because we consecrate to God. Okay, the others, you know, uh, and why is it called the minka? Why is it called a grain offering? Well, because they only offered grain, okay? No meat. Not like the burnt offering, not like the sin offering or guilt offering. They want to have meat. 
So if God was concerned about the form of sacrifice, He should have accepted Cain's offering and not Abel's, right? Because they were offering a minka. So clearly, it wasn't that case. Scripture says, God gave regard to Abel and therefore his offering. It's the person that matters. Have you wondered why God requires the Israelites to offer all these offerings and sacrifices? Does he need to eat the food? No, clearly not. I remember before I was a believer, right? When I was young, following my grandmother, we offered different food to the idols. And I asked my, my grandmother, why is it you offer a chicken, not a duck? And she says, oh, they, they choose to eat this. But we learned that God of creation doesn't require food. So why does He require His people to give sacrifices? Because to come close to a perfect God, we can only do it by His way, the way He ordains. And it's through sacrifice that God accepts us. But it's not just the sacrifice. In Leviticus, He says, when we offer sacrifice, whoever touches the sacrifice will be consecrated. It is about the person. And hence, the Apostle Paul in the New Testament says, Therefore, I urge you, brethren, by the mercies of God, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice acceptable to God, which is your spiritual service of worship. The sacrifice we offer is ourselves, our body, a living sacrifice, not a dead sacrifice. So when we look at the Israelites, they have seven feasts in the year. One of them is called First Fruit, where they offer the first fruit of their spring harvest. That occurs one Sabbath after Passover. But actually, there are two other first fruit offerings. Okay, that is from their summer harvest and for their autumn harvest. Now, when do they do this? During Pentecost and Tabernacles. So the three feasts where the Israelites have to go to the temple in Jerusalem and present themselves coincides with the offering of first fruit from their various harvests. Now, my point is, during the year, they have a rhythm of worship, a rhythm of offering first fruit. Why? To remind themselves all that they have comes from God. That God takes first place. And so as Christians, we don't have to offer first fruit offering. But we do so as a reminder that all that we have comes from God. And more importantly, to consecrate ourselves. In 2023, we want to proclaim Christ but friends, you know, if our hearts are filled with resentment, unforgiveness, bitterness, gossip, what kind of Christ are we proclaiming? And so we are consecrating ourselves by making this first fruit offering. Now, why did God accept Abel's offering and not Cain's? Scripture tells us it's because by faith, Abel offered to God a better sacrifice than Cain, through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. Because of faith, Abel offered wholeheartedly the best of what he had. But Cain did not. Now who is Cain? You know, Cain is quite a regular dude like us. Before he killed Abel, really, he was quite a good person, hardworking, right? He worked the land. He had a religious life, that's what he offered to God. But the difference was he, he, he came to God because he wanted something for God. His happiness, his agenda, much like most of us, when we first became Christians, that we wanted something from God. As emptiness, we were looking for meaning of life, trying to fill the emptiness in our life. 
There were issues why we came seeking after Christ and that is okay. But you know, as we grow in the relationship, you have to ask yourself, you know, you are reading the Bible, you're worshipping, you're giving your tithes. Why? Is it so that we can get something from God? Is there a gender that we want? And how do you tell the difference? When your life don't go according to your plan, when you don't get what you want, how do we respond? Cain responded by being angry because things didn't go his way. And so, God spoke to him. God said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? If you do well, will not your countenance be lifted up? If you do not do well, sin is crouching at the door and its desire is for you. You must master it. It says sin is crouching at the door. It's an interesting imagery. At the door means it's what? It's ready to pounce. It's so near to you, but you don't realize it. It's just at your door. And when you look at something that's crouching, it's small, right? When you look at our own sins, it's small. You say, I'm doing this because that person did that. Life is unfair. Look at, look, look at what she just did to me. When we look at other people, the sin is huge. When we look at ourselves, it's small sin. But you know what? Sin is crouching at the door. It's ready to pounce on you. You don't even realize. And therefore, what happened to Cain? He says, Cain told Abel, his brother. It came about when they were in the field. Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Then the Lord said to Cain, Where is Abel, your brother? And he says, I do not know. Am I my brother's keeper? The author uses the word Abel, his brother, at least three times, right? Why? You mean Cain doesn't know that Abel is his brother? No. It's to remind the readers that who Abel is, that what Cain was about to do was heinous. He was going to kill his own brother, his own blood. You think Cain planned it? He, wa- he wanted to kill his brother from the beginning? No, it built up resentment, envy, jealousy, and that's what envy and jealousy and resentment does to us. It blinds us to do something that we never thought we would do. There were two men, Tom and Peter. They were older and had a lot of sickness. And so they stayed in the hospital for many months. They were staying in the same ward and they became the best of friends. They spent hours talking about their past, their families, and they knew everything about each other. Now, Peter's bed faced a window. All right, but Tom uh, faced a wall. And both of them, they cannot move. But every afternoon, Peter would spend one hour uh, being propped up so that the fluid would not would be drained from his lungs. And in that hour, he looked out of the window and he would describe the beautiful scenery to his friend. Peter describes the, the, the lake and on the lake there were ducks and boats, the blue sky and white clouds and lovers walking around the lake hand in hand. And Tom would just lie there because he cannot move. He would just lie there and imagine. And that became the hour and the day that he most looked forward to. And then something happened. He thought, why is it that only, you know, Peter gets to look out of the window? We have stayed here just as long. I pay just as much. Why can't I get the window bed? And it begins to bother him. He talked to the nurse. He wanted to change bed, but he couldn't because his friend was there. And he began upset. He was envious. He was resentful to the extent he cannot sleep. Late one night, while staring at the ceiling, he heard his friend struggling with his breath. 
In the dark, he saw Peter trying to reach for the button for the nurse, but he couldn't. Tom could have done something. He could have reached over and pressed the button, but he chose not to. Minutes later, his friend stopped breathing. The next day, the nurses discovered his body and removed it. And now Tom asked, can I move over? And of course, the nurses allowed, right? They brought him over and he was so excited. He couldn't wait for the nurse to leave the room. He was all alone. He pressed the bed so he could be propped up. And he looked out of the window. Finally, it is his chance, his turn. And all he saw was a wall. You see, his friend knew that he was lying in bed. His days were dreary. And so, when he looked out of the window, he described, he imagined the scenery for his friend, for Tom, so that Tom's life could have some colours. There was something he could look forward to. And, and all he did was lie there and wait for his friend to die. That is what envy, resentment, that is what sin does to us. And you know who is Cain? You are Cain. You are Cain. You are Cain. Most of all, you are Cain. And the worst Cain of all is me. You know, in the 60s, there was a trial for this man called Adolf Eichmann. He was the guy who came up with the idea of the Holocaust that killed 6 million Jews. After the war, he was arrested, brought to this place called Nuremberg, where they had a trial. A reporter was there, and she wrote this. She says, I recently saw an article in the New York Times about why the Nuremberg trials were so unnerving. The Nuremberg trials were the war tribunal. So unnerving to the people who were there. We want to believe ordinary people cannot do monstrous things. But when we see the monsters, we see that they are like us. They are ordinary. They look like us because they are like us. They were expecting a monster. And then when they saw the monster, ah, it's just like me. And so this is the point. Why is there brokenness in human relations? What is the problem? The problem is not whether the person has education or not. Whether that per- or the person's skin color or the person's job or societal status. The problem, friends, is with our human hearts. Every one of us is capable of being Cain. Every one of us, do, no matter what problem it is, we contribute to it. Why is there brokenness in human relationships? It's because of sin. What are the broken relationships in your life? Especially those who are close to us that hurt the most. Scripture gives us a solution. That is Jesus, the greater Abel. Verse 10, God said to Cain, What have you done? The voice of your brother's blood is crying to me from the ground. You are cursed from the ground which has opened its mouth to receive your brother's blood from your hand. The brother's Abel's blood is crying out and he curses Cain. When you cultivate the ground, it will no longer yield its strength to you. You will be a vagrant and wanderer on the earth. Cain said to the Lord, My punishment is too great to bear. Behold, you have driven me from this place, from the face of the ground. And from your face I will be hidden. I will be a vagrant and a wanderer on the earth, and whoever finds me will kill me. Now, is Cain repentant? Of course not. If he was repentant, he will be focusing on the sin and not the consequence, right? Right here, he says, I cannot tahan, this is bad. He was focusing on that. And yet God, in His mercy, responded. The Lord said to him, Therefore, whoever kills Cain, vengeance will be taken on him sevenfold. 
the Lord appointed a sign for Cain so that no one will find him would slay him. In God's mercy and grace, somehow He gave him a sign to protect him. Just as when Adam and Eve sinned, last week we, we read about it, God provided animal skin to cover their sin and nakedness. We don't have to do it for ourselves. We don't have to prove to others our worth and achievement. God covers it for us. God chased them out of the Garden of Eden so that they cannot eat from the tree of life. It's a protection. Because if they eat from the tree of life forever, they will live in a fallen state. So God, out of His mercy and grace, protected them. Just as how God protects Cain. God, out of His mercy and grace, protects us by grace and by giving us His Son, Jesus. A perfect God can only come close to us, imperfect people, without destroying us, if there was a perfect barrier between us. That is why 2,000 years ago, Jesus Christ came and died upon the cross for our sins. That is why Scripture in the New Testament says, You have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, to the heavenly Jerusalem and the myriads of angels. Verse 24, To Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant, to the sprinkled blood which speaks better than the blood of Abel. Because of this contrast, we realize the story of Cain and Abel is not just to tell us that, you know, because of sin, we see the first murder in human history. There's a brokenness in family relationship. We need to offer sacrifices by faith. Because of Jesus Christ, when we look at the story of Cain and Abel, we realize a deeper significance. For while the blood of Abel cries, vengeance, justice, the blood of Sorry, for the blood of Abel, Christ out for vengeance and justice. The blood of Jesus, Christ out, forgive. And if we have experienced that, then how do we forgive those relationships in our lives? You know, when um, South Africa was, the African people managed to overturn the apartheid, the discrimination. They came out with a rule, a law. Essentially, if any white person, you're willing to confess your, what you did openly, your, your racial crime, and apologize to the victim, you do not have to face any consequence. Because they realized if they had, to, they had gone after every racial discrimination you know, or crime committed, basically all the white Afri- South Africans will have to face consequences. So to preserve the unity of the country, you know, when the black people took, uh, was in, were in power, they came up with this law. And so during that period, people came forward to confess their crimes. There was a white policeman. He confessed to shooting an 18-year-old black boy. Then, to cover his crimes, he, he took the body somewhere and burnt it. A few years later, he came back to the same household, dragged the father out of the house, and you know, the wife had to witness it bound him up, threw him on a pile of uh, wood, doused him in patrol, and lit him on fire. Now, during the trial, the judge asked the wife, the wife of the person and the mother, right? says, what do you have to say to Mr. Van Brook, who was the policeman? And the whole court was silent. And she said to Van Brook, she says, I want Mr. Van Brook to bring me to where he burned my son's body so I can collect the dust and give him a proper burial. And Van Brook nodded in agreement. 
She said, I want Mr. Van Brook to know he had killed my husband and child. All the people that I love in my life and yet my heart has so much more love to give. So every month, I want him to spend two days in the ghetto with me and my house so that I can be his mother and love him. I want Mr. Van Brook to know that God has forgiven him and so have I. And now, I want to walk over there to give him a hug. And you know, the whole courtroom broke out singing the hymn Amazing Grace. And Van Brook didn't hear a word because he was just so overwhelmed, he fainted. That day, friends, in the South African court, justice was not done. There was something deeper, something more supernatural, and that is called grace. That is the grace that Jesus Christ demonstrated upon the cross. To forgive our sins because God wants to redeem the chaos of our life, the inner chaos. God wants to give us peace, to bring order, to fill our emptiness and vacuum with His life and gives us grace. The question is, as we have experienced it, how do we show this forgiveness? Especially today is Chinese New Year, we're going to pioneer, right? You know, pioneer, you see all your families, oh, this person, you know, from young, you know what he did to me? Oh, this person, you know, every time we, Chinese New Year, also say the same thing, why so old, you still don't get married? You know, families are complicated. They are the closest people to us, but many times, we are most resentful of them. Because they have hurt us. And I've shared with you many times right, over the years about my parents and I. How it took the Lord many years of healing and counselling and eventually when I realised actually I had a problem with them because all along I thought I had no problems, you know. But God unveiled what was in my heart and He brought about healing. It could be a spouse that has hurt you and say, why should I forgive? Well, because the God... The blood of Abel, Christ, vengeance. But the blood of Jesus Christ, the true Abel, Christ, forgiveness. It could be a colleague who always get, take credit for your work, a boss who is unfair to you. Why should I forgive him? Well, because the blood of Abel, Christ, justice. But the blood of true Abel, Jesus Christ, Christ, forgive. And so how do we respond to this Grace. For Michelle Aguila, she got to the finals of the great Biggest Loser contest. No matter what challenge she faced, you know, she just smiled. She had a beautiful smile and she could take it. But during one of the challenges, she fell and broke her front tooth. See, her smile was like an armor to defend her. And when her front tooth broke, basically it was her last straw and she just broke down. She couldn't take it anymore. Every day she see her mother and it, it hurts her so much. So that night, she came before God and prayed. She says, God, help me. I surrender my life to you. I've always tried to control my life, to get over the pain. You know, with my smile, and now I have nothing left. I know you want me to forgive my mother, but I cannot. And show me how. Tomorrow, whether I win or not, let my life tell your story. And she says, she felt this weight lifted from her when she said that, and she said, unforgiveness made me sick on the inside. But when I let go, there was a peace that God gave. 
that the God that I loved is the God who forgave me of all my mistakes. I knew if God could forgive me, I could do the same. I knew I could forgive my mother and a huge burden was lifted off of me. Next day, she won the competition. I think it was season 7 or 8 where she credits the show, the, the contest for bringing about a reconciliation between her and her mother. There may be relationships in our lives that are broken, they are resentful, they are envious, they have hurt us. But you know, Christ came, came to give us abundant life that we may live freely. Let us not remain in bondage of our past, of our hurts, of our resentment because sin is crouching at the door and He wants you. But Christ has given His life for you. For if the blood of Abel Christ justice, life is unfair, the blood of Jesus Christ says, forgive. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we want to give thanks to you once again. Especially on the first day of Chinese New Year, new things, new beginnings. Allow us to renew our hearts and minds. And no, Lord, it will be a journey for some of us to really entangle those hurts in our lives. But you came to redeem the tohu vabohu, the chaos in our lives, to give us peace, to fill our lives with meaning, and really to give us freedom from a bondage of sin. Thank you. Help us to go forth today with a renewed vision to have divine appointments and conversations with our loved ones. For your name's sake, that we may tell the greatest love story ever told. I pray in Jesus' name. Amen.